Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you here at Crosstown today. Hope that you're having a great day. Just want to remind you, this coming Friday is our, our movie night, family movie night. Starts at 7 o'clock. We have popcorn, jumping castle, high-def, big-screen TV, air conditioning, no bugs. I mean, it's just absolutely perfect. Now, I will say that we have wrestled as a staff over what movie we're showing. It came down to Toy Story of Bugs Life, and I think A Bug's Life won. I'm not sure if we finish wrestling about that. Or we, I'll, I'll arm wrestle you right now. Right now, Bugs, I'm a Bug's Life guy, love Bug's Life. Um, but either way, it's gonna be a great time for your family, for your kids, and you say, well, my kid runs around a lot. That's all right, just bring him. It'll be a lot, we'll trip him. We'll have fun with that, and it'll be a really good time together. So we're doing things a little bit different. I've got, I, I've got a table and I've got a little stool here, and it's not because I'm kind of like being a new hipster pastor or anything like that. We went through that in the 90s. Um, but uh, I had a surgery on my throat on Monday to remove a growth in my throat. So um, I'm trying to move out of orator type of posture and just kind of be conversational today. And so um, I'm just, I'm not allowed to raise my voice at all. So don't tick me off, all right? Don't make me, no. <clears throat> so I have, uh, Patriots, you, you would go there. I had surgery on Monday, woman. <laughs> My gosh, man. Uh, so, uh, so I appreciate it. And uh, so this could be a little bit different kind of feel. But, you know, we've been talking about getting closer in our relationship with God and, and leaning into God more. And um, we, we've kind of found that God has promised us a sense of prosperity of soul and success of life, not as a result of being a good American and, and using all of our leadership and management principles, but rather through a pursuit of closeness with him and through a genuine pursuit of God and closeness with him that there's a prosperity of soul and life that God seems to deposit as we grow in our knowledge and closeness with him. And last week, we talked about an event during... Jesus's life, and particularly an interaction between him and this, this guy named Zacchaeus that, that I thought was really interesting. But the story revealed a habit of God's, a pattern of God's, and God's, God's got patterns. We, he's not just so arbitrary all the time that he just does whatever he wants as if he never thinks about it, or not that he hasn't had a plan in his head or a habit of doing things, but, but it began to reveal a pattern that God has um, about how Jesus communicates the intention of God towards us. And, and one of the things that we found is that in most of the stories of Jesus, we're always being told about his geographical location. And we're also being told about his movement. We're told things like Jesus is always approaching, entering, or passing through a town. Now, I don't know if you have that little app on your phone. I've got it on my phone that Find My Friends... And it's not like a real creeper way of keeping track of people and what they're doing or anything like that. But, you know, I, there's a group of people that are family and friends with me, and I can see where they are. They can see where I'm at, and my wife can see if I'm at Publix on Savannah Highway and say, listen, honey, I just saw that you're at Publix. You know, I usually go dark when I move in that area so that she can't see that I'm at Publix so that I don't have to go shopping for it. But, you know, it was kind of like finding friends. And, it, and the scripture kind of always gives us a finding friend where Jesus is at a particular moment. And he's, he's entering a town. He's approaching a town. He's passing through a town. And it begins to show us 
the intentionality of Jesus, the relational intentionality of him. It's not just trying to give us geographical information in these four Gospels, just trying to tell us where Jesus was on a particular day. It's telling us something about his movement and, and what Jesus is about. And the habit of God is to approach you and to enter your life and to pass in and through your heart. That's what God does. He doesn't just come to the earth, but rather we find him geographically moving. He's always approaching. He's always entering. He's always looking to engage people. And I think it's to prompt us to engage him in response. He approaches, he enters, and he passes through so that we can finish the movement by following him, by entering into relationship with him. You know, I call this movement, I, I call it relational pinging. Maybe when I'm long and gone, this will be my famous contribution to society is this, this one definition, relational pinging. Um, when you ping someone in a room, you, tr you try to get their response. I don't know if you remember when you were dating your, your wife or your, your husband or maybe when you were out there in the, the club world that you kind of you go to the club and you have your, your outfit on and your outfit's supposed to ping somebody, you know, so you dress in a certain way to catch somebody's attention. And, and then you, you picked a particular table that you would go to and you'd lean against it. If you were kind of a, uh, you know, a, an old timer like me, you'd lean in such a way with savoir faire, you know, and you'd kind of tilt your head a little bit and you'd have your your refreshment with you. That's what we call it in church. We call it a refreshment. And you'd have your refreshment with you and you try to position yourself that your hair and everything about you was pinging that particular person. And maybe they weren't getting the message. So what you did is you sent to that young lady, you sent a drink over to her table. And, and well, maybe if you're not a drinker, maybe you sent like a bucket of chicken over to her table. Cause that really, nothing pings the ladies like a bucket of chicken. So maybe, maybe it didn't work for me, so don't try it. But so you're, you're, and all of this is kind of like a relational pinging thing. You're, you're sending out a vibe and in order to get some sort of communication back, some sort of response back. And I, I came up with this phrase, and I was inspired from a deep theological perspective that I discovered in the movie, The Hunt for the Red October. Um, it's, it's one of the greatest works of cinematography that ever been accomplished. Uh, if, if you haven't seen it, it's a movie from the Cold War, which was, you know, something that I was a part of, and that whole posturing between the Russians and the United States. And, and in this Tom Clancy movie, it was a classic where two submarines are underwater, and, and they've got to figure out what the intention of each sub is. One's a U.S. captain, the other one is a, a Russian uh, captain, and they've got to figure out what the intention of each other is because now they've moved into proximity with each other. So they're trying to communicate back and forth what is the intention? Where is this relationship going? So they use the sonar pinging system, and, and what that's used on a sub is you just send out a sound, and, and when it bounces off the walls of the, the uh, you know, different areas around the topography of the, of the bottom of the ocean or another sub, it would send back that signal and you can see where people are. But they also use it as a means of pinging people and, and getting a response and sending it back and forth. And I want you to see how that pinging is used in this particular situation. Let's watch.
wanted to talk to him, Mr. Ryan. There he is. What do you want to say? Will he be the only one looking through the periscope? Probably. Not a chance, then. U.S. told you intend a missile launch. Break. Do not approach U.S. coast or you will be attacked. Break. If intention is other, will you discuss option? Break. Can he acknowledge with a single ping? Yeah, he can. Question is, will he? Verify our range to target. One ping only. I get it. Now what? All right. If defection. You're out of your mind. Just send it. Re-verify our range to talk. Ping only. Captain, I, I, I just... Give me a ping, Vasily. One ping only, please. I Captain. One of the greatest lines in movie history is, give me a ping, Vasily. Just one ping. I mean, nobody says it like Sean Connery. I mean, it's just, just this one ping. And I, I, I love during that scene where they're waiting for, in this tense moment of what's the intention of the other in the story and, or what's next once the ping takes place. And I really believe that all the activity of Jesus, whether it's healings, whether it's sermons or communications with people, that I think he's going from town to town and he's pinging people. He's sending out a signal and he's communicating intention and he's, and he's pinging people to see who are going to respond and what the response is going to be out of their lives. And so with Zacchaeus, as he's going through, there are a thousand people that have been lining the street, blocking Zacchaeus from seeing who Jesus is. And Jesus is going by, and he's pinging and pinging. And the interesting thing is, is he's not getting any response until he encounters this guy, this guy Zacchaeus. Let me read the story to you again. Jesus enters Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. 
So Jesus is just walking by, and he's pinging people. Now, we could get into some philosophical argument over Zacchaeus was predestined to respond to God and that he was elected in order to respond to God, and that's why he's having this conversation. What if it's something simpler than that? Maybe the scripture is true, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and he gave us that whosoever would respond and respond to the ping of the grace of God, that we would experience new life. What if it's because Jesus is walking down, not because Zacchaeus has been selected out of all the humanity and all the rest are going to hell, but because Zacchaeus has positioned himself to respond to the call of God in his life, to that ping that has come from Christ, and Christ sees the response of Zacchaeus. I think that's what's taking place. So we're told... So Zacchaeus came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, everybody else who was hearing the ping but not responding, they all grumbled. And they said, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I re restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, let's see this pinging that's going on back and forth between these two. Today, salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek, to ping, and to save that which is lost. So Jesus is sending out these pings, all these miracles, all these these ideas that are being communicated, all these conversations that he's having, he's pinging us. He's trying to get a response out of us. He's trying to get us to move in relationship. He's trying to change the Cold War status. He's trying to figure out what our, he's trying to let us know what his intention is towards us and what is our intention towards him and how are we going to respond. I think Here's the relational movement between Jesus and Zacchaeus. I, and all relationships have movement or a lack of movement. And I, these will be the four things that I see that happen between me and my wife, that happen between me and other people, and I think are happening, these movements are happening between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Contact, conversation, closeness, and covenant. I think these are all movements that are in play in this particular scene. See, in all these movements, relational movements, are meaningful if you're trying to grow a relationship. You can't take one of these things out and have a meaningful relationship with another human being, let alone with God. But the thing is, is not all marriages have it. Maybe all marriages that are here have some technical covenant, a legal agreement with one another. From the day that I, I met you and the day that I stood in front of the preacher and I took my vows, I have entered into a covenant agreement with you. But if, but if that covenant agreement lacks conversation and closeness and contact with your spouse, then all you have is a covenant agreement, but you don't have all the other wonderful joys that are intended to be there. And on the other case, there may, be, there may be relationships that you have where you have contact. Well, you have conversation. And you know, in the South, is really good for this. Uh, we've got a chance to travel to the Midwest, and I thought maybe the Midwesterner folks would be even nicer than, than the Charlestonian people. I mean, I understand Boston's off the table, so, I, you know, we don't expect... I know where we, we are in the pecking order of niceness, so we're, we're gone. But I thought maybe Midwest, maybe Wyoming. Those people don't talk. They're nice enough, but, but they don't talk. 
One of the things I have found about being in the South is that you can have contact and conversation with just about anybody. I drive my, to my car and I wave to the neighbors and everybody turns and they wave to me and all that other stuff. But you know what? I don't think for a second I have a covenant with those people. Um, I, I've been backstabbed in the South just as quickly as I was backstabbing in the North. But there, we, there, there are relationships that we have where we just have contact and conversation, but there is real no closeness. There's, there's no real covenant agreement on how I will treat you and you will treat me and, and how we interact. So these are all components that make up meaningful relationships. And not all marriages have them, not all families have them, and, and not, all, not everybody who believes in God has these relational movements taking place. But Zacchaeus... He pursues them all. And, and I, I love the language that Jesus uses about it. He kind of reveals the movement. We, we know that he, he looks for contact with Jesus. He climbs up a tree. We know he gets pinged by Jesus, so he comes down and has a conversation with, with Jesus. We know he begins to reveal the nature of his heart, so he has closeness with Jesus by telling Jesus about what he's done wrong. He's like, you know, I've defrauded a few people in my time. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to tell you. And then Jesus tells us something that is really cool, and I love the phrases that he uses. He says, salvation has come to this house. Or he points out that Zacchaeus is a son of promise, a son of, of Abraham. And I don't think he's talking about that Zacchaeus is a get-out-of-hell salvation person. I think what he's saying is that as a result of Zacchaeus' movement, relational movement towards God, that the, the household of all that God wants to do in your life, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven, giving me my daily bread, you know, um, forgiving my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against us, delivering me from evil. Those are all the components that Jesus wants to deliver into our lives. And he says as a, res as a result of, of Zacchaeus responding to the ping of God's grace, he says, listen, I'm going to give you this household salvation. I am going to give you all the components of relationship between me and you. I am going to have this covenant relationship with you. You're going to experience life as an heir, a son of the living God. You're going to be a, a part of my family. But you know, what was there, a thousand people that had contact with Jesus that day, that observed Jesus, that may have had conversation with Jesus that day? How many people are in church on Sunday uh, in the city of Charleston? How many people are having um, a convenient contact with Jesus today? So all throughout the city. But does that mean the same things that are happening in the life of Zacchaeus are happening in our lives? That we're experiencing the, the, the blessing of God in our lives. We're experiencing this, this salvation, the plan of heaven coming into a, a person's life. And the only way that that happens is if we move beyond just contact or observation. We enter into conversation with God. We enter into closeness with God. We enter into covenant with God, agreement with God. And out of that agreement with God that I have with him, I begin to move from that agreement that I am a child of God and begin to establish conversation with him and to have interaction with him. And this just doesn't happen. God is looking, looking for relationship with us that is beyond us just saying grace at supper time or just attending church. 
Too many of us are expecting all of heaven to be deposited into our lives if we just kind of maybe once a week make contact with God, as if we, we open up an app on, my, on our phones and check what the weather is in Charleston, and we kind of read the temperature a little bit, and we just ping God in the bowing of our head and the blessing of our meals. There's so much more that God wants to do in us, and maybe we're not all experiencing that. Maybe we're not all having that, and I think it's too often that we, we are robbing ourselves of this blessing of God. You know, as I started looking at this, it kind of sobered me up a little bit because I can be just as cliche as any, anybody else about God. I can, I can talk about God. I can work for God. I can, you know, bow my head in the morning and me and my wife pray every morning as we're having a cup of coffee and at supper time it's my turn to pray and I pray my prayer and we can go through this whole routine together. But you know, I just got to look at the way Zacchaeus responds joyfully and openly, wanting to make contact with Jesus and responding to the pings of God. And I, and I just look, I don't always respond to God. Whenever he's, all the times that he pings me and he wants to talk to me or he wants to interact with my heart, when he begins to approach me through his spirit, yes, I know I have him in my heart. And I know theologically I'm a Christian and that I'm saved. But there are times when the peace of God, when the will of God, when the word of God wants to come to my life and he wants to have communion with me. He wants me to have interaction with him. He wants me to develop closeness with him. But you know, as I began to look at, at the cliche way that I and maybe other Bible belters do this, it began to make me think about how serious Jesus is about approaching our lives. I know this may not be your theological bend, and maybe you don't even understand what I'm about to say, but if you do, we've kind of once saved, always saved ourselves into apathy. Well, as long as you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to whatever, you accept him into your life, and you accept Jesus Christ, you are saved for life, and it's like, boom, you got a covenant. Okay, now let me ask you, you apply that strategy to marriage and let me know, l let me know how your intimacy life is 30 years later. You know, if this, you're working on this once married, always married idea. But rather, out of covenant, we develop closeness. We continue conversations. Me and Susan continue to make contact and, and we begin to, we celebrate this thing. But it made me realize, God kind of was talking to me. He's like, you know, you're a little too cliche with my advances. You know, my wife doesn't let me get, along, get away with it. Why would God let me get away with it? I mean, there were times when, when um, Susan will kind of, I don't know if it's appropriate, I mean, saddle up next to me, you know, and kind of like, hey, you know. And, and so, and she'll try to establish contact and, and conversation. And, and, and I can be looking at the ball game and I can say, listen, honey, you know, it's third down and eight. Edelman's on the field. This is really not a good time. But, you know, we do that, we do that with God. And, you know, we think church is good enough. Praying over my meal makes me Christian enough. Um, not using a bad word. Maybe apologizing for the Lord's name being in, used in vain on Netflix to my kids when they hear it. Oh, you know, that wasn't a really good word. They shouldn't have said that in this movie. Okay, let's continue with the movie. 
you know? And, and we think that in this kind of relationship, all of heaven is going to be deposited into our lives, and we're going to be experiencing the blessings of God. Well, it made me start to look at some passages of Scripture that have always been odd to me. Let me just say, whenever the apostles of Christ were sent by Jesus to bring the good news to, to ping people, and they were sent out into these towns to tell them about the, the good news, the approach, the entering, and the passing through of the grace of God, they were commanded to do something very strange that I've always wrestled with. If the home that they went to or the city they went to did not receive the ping. Let me read to you. These are Jesus' words talking to his disciples in Matthew 10, 12. He tells his disciples, as you enter the house that you're going to, give it your greeting. I mean, tell them the intention of God towards them. For God so loved the world that he's giving his only son that you may have new life, an everlasting life. If the house is worthy, meaning if the house is receptive, if the house's heart is receiving the ping of God, then I want you to give a blessing of peace on that household. But then he continues and he tells his disciples, this is instruction to the church, this is instruction to the disciples. It's, but if it is not worthy, meaning it's not open and receptive, Take back your blessing of peace. And whoever does not receive you, not heed your words or receive the ping and ping back and enter into this relational movement, as you go out of their house or out of that city, I want you to shake the dust off of your feet. I was thinking... Golly, that's got to be some Old Testament ritual gone rude, you know? But the problem is, it's Jesus talking. And it even got even worse, it's almost repeated twice in every gospel. John's the only one that doesn't have it in his gospel. But to make up for it, it's even done in the book of Acts by the apostles after Jesus has died and rose and gone to the dead and the Holy Spirit is, they're still doing this. You know, but in our politically correct society, there's no way that no takes, he, no takes he's back. God can't take he's back. I mean, God just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving, and you don't even have to respond. You can be rude to him. You don't even have to be open to him. He just thinks you're just the sweetest little thing in the world and he's just going to give you but it made me realize is God has expectations the same city he enters he also leaves the same life that he offers a blessing to and turns it down he takes back because there's something he wants out of us he wants us to enter into relational movement with us he wants us to move beyond contact and conversation to closeness and to covenant. And then he wants us out of our covenant to move into closeness and conversation and contact with him. Again, in another place, this isn't the Apostle Paul talking. Not that that would diminish it in any way. This is not some right-wing, crazy fundamentalist talking. Again, 
in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 10, Mark chapter 6, Jesus says this, any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out of there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet for a testimony against them. Dust off your feet. Now, I don't think Jesus is cursing anybody. I don't think he's saying, screw you. Okay, so please do not take this in the wrong direction. But I do think he's affirming something between us. I think he's saying, you want the ground of relationship and your life to remain unchanged? And I will leave you with that. Is that if you don't want to draw closer to me, if you don't want to have relationship with me, then the dirt and the dust of your life, I'll leave it with you. Hope that works out for you. I mean, it's incredibly, I mean, none of us in America, we, we demand our autonomy, and we don't want God forcing his will upon us. God forbid that he would violate our civil liberties. And so Jesus is very accommodating. He's like, yeah, I understand your civil liberties. You have a right to choose. Um, I'm going to ping you, and if you, you want, you know, I stand at the door and knock, and any man who opens the door, I enter in, and I have supper with him. I fellowship with him. I speak blessing into their lives. I bring the, all the blessings of the, of the household of salvation into their lives. But if you don't want to open the door, that's cool. Um, you don't have to get, and so for so many of us, we've tried this level of Christianity where we make weekly contact with God, and we're wondering why, why is this not as good as the Bible talks about? You know? Or we may look at like Sister Ellen, who's over there loving Jesus like crazy, and she's, during, our, during a Sunday morning service, she's, you know, worshiping God with all of her heart, and you're kind of like, I don't know what she had, you know, you know, when Harry met Sally, but, you know, I don't know what she had, but I'll have what she's having. But, you know, it's that whole idea. It's like, why are some people responding? Why are some people talking about blessing? Why, is, why does Mr. Ben expect God to heal everybody? Why does Stoke pray for people expecting God to move in their lives? Why do they have this expectation of a household salvation? Why do they have this expectation of blessing? It's because people like that are kind of like they climbed out the tree. They said, hey, Jesus, you know, I want to go. I want you to come to my house today, and I will come down, and I open my life to you. But that doesn't make Ben special. It doesn't make Stoke special. Every one of us have God knocking at the door saying, listen, I'd like, to, I'd like to bring some blessings into your life. But if you, don't, if you don't ping me back, we're just two subs in the water, and the Cold War continues. That's sobering. That really is sobering to me as a Christian, is that my covenant with God wasn't to be the end of my conversation with God. Not, you know, I prayed the prayer, I'm going saved, once saved, always saved, and that's it. No, my covenant was the beginning of the conversation. It's, it's where the romance and the relationship were supposed to be heading all along. And whenever we decide that we don't want any more of God, we don't want to draw close to God, God says, okay, cool, you want the dust of your earth, of your life? You got it. It's yours. And this happens to people, this happens to relationships, and it happens to countries. When a country decides that it no longer wants to be open to the things of God, there's a proverb that tells us that the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. 
It's not that God's vindictive or cursing. It's like, no. They will end up eating dust. And what we've been seeing over the last couple of years is, is us trying to make something amazing out of the dust that we have without God. And a lot of us are Christians, and a lot of us are in relationship with God, and we're just wondering, where is this sense of blessing in my life? God wants you to have it, but, you know, he's, he wants to have relationship with you. This, he, he wants you to interact with him. He wants you to, to um, draw closer to him as he draws closer to you. And through that, the peace of God begins to rest on your life. You begin to experience the blessing of God in your life. God is pinging you for a response. A response that moves you from contact to conversation to closeness to covenant with him. Now, I've already affirmed my covenant with God, but now out of that covenant relation, as a child of God, I now have contact and conversation with him. And as a result of it, I experience the blessing and the peace of God. Now, I know there's at least one person sitting here saying, dude, you had surgery on Monday. They removed a growth from your throat, and the pathology is supposed to come back on Tuesday. What's so hocked up about your life? I'll tell you what. I have the peace of God. I'm not choking on the dust of my pathology. I'm not choking on the dust of my humanity. I'm from dust and to dust. I'm not surprised that I am made out of dust. You know, I, I have the peace of God reigning over my heart. And the Apostle Paul says in, in, in Colossians, he says, let the peace of God mount guard over your heart and mind. And I, I'm really perplexed by the phrase, let. Because I always thought, you know what, when you get saved, when you get the peace of God... And it just stays with you. And you don't have to have a relationship with him. It's just on you. No, Paul's saying, listen, your life gets busy. You get anxious. You're watching CNN. You're getting nervous about life around you. And he says, listen, you got to have closeness, conversation, and contact with, with your heavenly father. And you got to let the peace of God reign in your life. Because otherwise, you're going to be <coughs> just coughing up human dust. You know what I mean? Your marriage will return to dust. You know, I, I'm si almost 60, and we've been married only, I mean, 30 years. I'm not that sexy. Um, and we're getting older. God, I mean, she's an amazing woman, but she's getting older. And we started off as dust, and we're returning to dust but I have never been more happier in all my life with, with my wife. Why? Because we have contact, we have conversation, we have closeness out of the covenant that we have with each other. And so, yeah, I got a few wrinkles and a little bags under my eyes. That means nothing between two people that are in covenant intimacy with each other. That's the way it's supposed to be with us and God. We weren't just to get saved to get saved. We were to get saved to get close, to have contact and conversation so that the blessing of God can be spoken into our lives. I, I've run out of throat here today. So let me just ask you this. Are you responding to the ping of God? I'm not asking you are you saved because maybe Yes, you're being pinged today to give your life to Christ. 
to make that decision to enter into covenant. But maybe you're already saved, but God's been talking to you. And he's saying today, listen, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. And the reason why you're not bearing a lot of fruit and you're bearing more dust than fruit is you're just not abiding in this covenant relationship with me. You're not abiding in conversation and contact with me. Let me ask you that. Are you sitting here today and you still hostile by, to God? Your sub pulled up to his sub and you still got your nukes and you're still wondering what he's doing and you're wondering, you know, what you're going to do to respond to him. Do you still have hostility with God or have you surrendered your vessel to the one who loves you? Are you living in the same dust of your life or is the blessing and the peace of God remaining in you and remaining in all of your life even though from dust to dust you can have the peace of God, you can have the gift of heaven, you can have the bread of life, you can have the will of the Father made manifest in you in all situations. So as we enter into this moment, God's here. He didn't tell us that just to prove some theological point. He said, whenever two or more are gathered in your midst, there I am approaching, entering, and passing through. I am pinging people today to the saved he may be pinging you and saying, listen, out of your covenant, move into closeness, move into conversation. For those of you who are not in covenant, maybe the Spirit of God is pinging you and you say, listen, today is the day of salvation. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. If you're being pinged by the Spirit of God, open and he will receive you. He will come in and have life with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you don't want our lives to remain the dust that they are. But you have come that we may have life and life abundantly. That we may bear much fruit instead of coughing up dust. So Father, we, we come down in response to your love from our tree. And we invite you to our house, into our lives. We open ourselves up to you. We show you our weaknesses. We confess our failures. And today we enter into an agreement and a covenant of love with you. That you so loved me. You so loved the world. That you gave your only son. That I may have new life. Today, God, I receive that new life and I abide in that new life. And I have relationship with you through that new life. Let me invite you to come and to receive the cup and the bread of Christ. He's done what he's going to do. It is now time for us to eat it and to drink it in, to receive it into our lives. Let me invite you into this moment with God.